seemed to run straight at him, and all of a sudden, he was on his back. Oh, my goodness gracious me. What has he done, done? Yes, hello and welcome once again to the Professor and Barney podcast featuring Tom and Nick, episode 23. I hope everybody is well out there. Barney, how are you, mate? I'm doing very well, excited. We've got a good topic this week and uh, yeah, and it looks like our, our old mate who, uh, who last week was homeless might have found himself a house. Yes, Nick, last week we found you in a car outside a library harassing people trying to buy, oh, sorry, rent books. <laughs> Do you rent a book at a library? Borrow. Uh, borrow, borrow yeah. mate. Sorry. It's a, it's a crazy world now, mate. We can do anything we want. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I've um, managed to – there's no one in this house, so I thought <laughs> let's uh, let's get the family squatting in here and see see how long we can last uh, here. So I've just um, got some internet from the guy next door. Um, Very good. And, uh, yeah, his nice Wi-Fi is, uh, is, is called uh, – yeah. The guy next door. So perfect. I'm tapped into it. Wonderful. And uh, Tom, you, how are you? Watson's Bay, how's it treating you? Yeah, good, guys. I uh, I went out for a trawl this morning, just caught the locals their pilchers for this morning. So, um, yeah, no, we're just the fishing village ticks on. Very good. And, and you've obviously been pickling lately. You've been baking sourdough. Is there anything this week that you've turned your hand mm. to? What artist um, craft are you into? <laughs> What am I? I, I um, actually bought myself some uh, rawhide leather, and I'm gonna start making. Uh, gonna start making like laptop cases, uh, phone cases, whatever you want. I can make you a bifold wallet if, if that tickles your fancy. Is there a? You, know what? you Google rawhide, and uh, look, you end up with a craft. Who would have thought, Tommy? <laughs> Is there? Have you got a shop name for this? Have you got a name for your business? Yeah, it's called. Um, it's called Tommy Skins. <laughs> Mate, your last name's Erskine. Yeah, why do you? It's yeah. made for a and, pun. And, and, and everything costs $4. Oh, that's yeah. very good. Oh, All right, great, son. Now, um, before we get into uh, everything, Nick, do you want to just explain to our first-time listeners exactly what this podcast is? For sure, yes. So basically we get something uh, that happens in the week of uh, sport and we dive deep into the history annals uh, to try and basically um, resurrect old stories and uh, some amazing sporting um, trivia for you guys um, for your entertainment. And um, do you want to know what this week's is? Um, Yes, Yes. No, let's not get into it yet, Nick, because there's a few okay. things we've got to get into first. Mm. Although I want to say I've never heard what we do explained so poetically. That was beautiful. Yeah. Mm. I didn't realise that's what we did. Yeah. That was wonderful. <laughs> this sounds like to a be... podcast I'd listen to when you explain it. <laughs> to be honest, I, uh, I I didn't have a clue what this what we yeah, actually good. do. Right. And, um, yeah, but that's good. I just I Googled what podcasts should be, and that's what <laughs> I was just reading. <laughs> um, just, Nick, with you quickly, obviously New yes. Zealand mm. returning mm. somewhere what to normality full crowds at the super rugby on the weekend did you manage to get to a match i didn't go because it was sold out there was forty thousand people which is the first time in the super uh, rugby (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, history that that's ever happened so um who knew that uh, COVID-19 would be so popular uh, or so good for the game (laughs) but uh the blues played the hurricanes and that was a it was a mighty mighty effort um, just before I move on, sorry, is, is COVID, is that still a thing for you guys, is it? Yeah, it's still happening yeah. here. 
Uh, yeah, right. It's on the way out though. It's like, okay. yeah, it's in the rear vision mirror. Are you are you a hundred percent COVID free? Well, we were until uh, two um, two English people um, yesterday decided that um, they I don't know what it is about COVID, but um, they just seem to want to travel the length and breadth of our country and go to funerals. Um, right. That's all they want to do. So, um, so basically, what they did was they got a dispensation from our health minister to travel before they had a test, and then uh, two days later, um, the test that uh, that they had turn back oh you've you're not you only you don't just have it you're riddled with it and oh, so um God. they drove from Auckland down to Wellington which is the whole of the pretty much of the North Island and apparently that's, that's a, uh, upwards of a what a, a 25 minute drive isn't it oh my Auckland to Wellington. <laughs> <laughs> well it, it is for cars that you guys use but our cars it's a nine-hour journey <laughs> um, <laughs> so but yeah and so apparently um they didn't stop anywhere so they did a nine-hour car journey without stopping oh, and uh, going to the toilet or anything like that um that's what they said but now in today's paper, they um they, they might have been in touch with 320 people. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! So uh, yeah, yeah, 320 so a, people. And who's yeah. taking the blame for this? Because who? Yeah. Who's, who's this health minister? Yeah. Uh, so he's the guy, our health minister. Um, this is the same health minister that two weeks into lockdown decided to take his family on a drive when you're not allowed to oh, to yes. a, um, oh, a park. Guy, yeah. And uh, and thought, um, oh yeah, it'll be fine if I do it. And but meanwhile, on his van, he had his face plastered all over it, saying, "I'm the health minister." <laughs> so that's how people knew he was out in the. Oh my god! So the, the guy's park. a proper idiot. Yeah, he's the Cummings of of New Zealand. That guy from the UK. In fairness, yeah. in New Zealand, health ministers a part time position, and this guy owns yeah. a servo on the highway between Auckland and Wellington. Yeah, so right. This was a business yeah. decision. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he actually has a second business is um, selling uh, PPE for, um, <laughs> for everybody uh, for masks and stuff. Yeah, so right. he's kind of it's an invested interest. Yeah, <laughs> but good. yeah, but the Hurricanes and the Blues. The Blues um, beat the Hurricanes thirty points to twenty. My team, the Hurricanes. It was bittersweet because half of my play or half of my um, old Hurricanes players actually play for the Blues now. So oh, I didn't realise you owned the Hurricanes, mate. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, as Kiwis, we all, we've all got stakes. Um, I've got. Uh, I've literally. That's how I got into the uh, to the team. I won a meat raffle. Um, and <laughs> I got a percentage. Mate, they're players. They're not yeah, meat. That's Gee. right. All right. So. Glad to hear that your country's infected again, Nick. That's mm. fantastic. We'll, um, yeah. we'll yeah. get updates of that every week as sure. that spreads. Uh, they, 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 they're so isolated in New Zealand that they actually felt left out that they were the only country that didn't have it. Yeah. yeah. So they, they just said they needed to reinfect each other just to make themselves feel like Honestly, they belong. Honestly, to be fair, like we had 24 days without it and there's just nothing to do here. <laughs> nothing, to, nothing to talk about. <laughs> the news was getting just... bored. We yeah. need to import oh. some stuff. <laughs> Honestly, it's an inside job. The government's just gone, come on. Our news is really bad. Let's just, you know. Let, Having let... a cough is like going for a weekend away in New Zealand. It's, oh, it's, it's amazing. It's a city break. All right. Now, <laughs> as much as this podcast, you know, used to be about, um, infections in New Zealand. We've moved on to mm. sports mm. now. Um, and what we'd like to start our podcast with is you, Tommy, reading one of our five-star reviews and encouraging people to get on and leave one. So have you got one for us this week, Tommy? 
I do, guys. Uh, it is written to us by a person called Crazy Timeshare. Um, and it, this entry is entitled F Troop Porn Stars. Okay. Uh, five stars, obviously, nothing else. Um, and the the it says, would have ticked the six-star box if the wee Kiwi fella ended up on Police 107 while doing his podcast from his car. So, right. So last week, Nick, you were obviously yeah. in your car. Yes. Uh, is Police 107 still a thing over there? Yeah, well, we just call it uh, life. Um, but you guys, <laughs> you guys have... Uh, to name the show. <laughs> police 107. Um, that's that's actually a lot of uh, other police um, forces work 24-7, but those are just our hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, we seven. Well, the criminals don't do crime outside of those hours. They're mm. very respectful. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say this is a Kiwi that wrote this message. Now... I, I do a bit of detective. Either that or a Scotsman. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. The only two countries that use we are the Kiwis and the Scots. And I don't think we're overly big up there in Scotland. I'm not mm. sure. So, so prove us wrong, right in. Yeah. Well, I just, I, we must have a bit of a Kiwi audience. Nick, have you got a few fans out there? Listen, mate, I don't know anymore. Um, but uh, yeah, potentially we do. Uh, I think. I, don't, I think I could honestly quite confidently say there's about 11 people that tune in Perfect. Uh, wow. from New Zealand. That's and so that's bad. a sellout. So 50% in our, in our country. Of our yeah, 50% of the, of the country. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's let's get this thing moving. Jeez, yes. we had a slow start this morning. Mate. Tommy, get us into this week's topic. What news mm. item tickled your fancy and has kicked us into some sort of, I don't know, sporting spiral? What do you got? Uh, so, guys, it, we're going we're going to work off the back of Dana White uh, announcing where uh, Fight Island is, the UFC Fight Island. Um, he reports that it is uh, in Abu Dhabi. It's Yas Island. Yes. Yas Island. Yes. It's a soft J, is. isn't it, Tommy? It's a soft J. Well, yes. it's spelled with a Y, but we can spell it with a J if we'd like. It's a hard um, Y. It's a hard Y or a soft J. It's, it's like a yes, very soft J, It's like then. yes, queen. It's like that sort I'd of I'd like to yes. think that's how he announced it. Yeah. <laughs> and the winner like, is yes, yes Island. Queen. Okay, great. He did yeah. actually snap his fingers as he said the island. Mm. Yeah, he's like yes, Island. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's basically ass with a Y. Um, and <laughs> they're, they're holding UFC fight night 251 on July 11th will be the first yes. event, uh, held at fight Island. And then they're going to see how that goes. And they're going to, I think they're going to have the fights on the 15th, the 18th and the 25th as well. So they haven't announced who's actually fighting yet. I don't believe, but yeah, they, uh, they, the, the fight was originally scheduled to be held at the, the Barclays center in Brooklyn. Um, but they've they've moved it to this this island in Abu Dhabi. So that's what we're we're basing it off that, and we're going to talk about the weirdest venues of. Oh, that's events. good. Weirdest Fight Island venues though. is great. Fight Island sounds like a John Claude Van Damme film, doesn't it? <laughs> it like does. It does. Like yeah. I'm picturing a Jurassic Park type film where, like, you know, it sounds like a great idea. These yes, these fighters are specimens, but at some point they're going to break out of their cages and kill the scientists who are studying them. Yes, and then. And then fighting breaks out all over the island. Yeah. I like to think that people that are going there, you know, if people are going there to watch when they get off the plane, you know, the flight attendant punches them right in the mouth. And then it's on. And you're <laughs> yeah. fighting. You've got to fight your way through customs. Moment, you've got to fight through yeah. customs. You've got to fight the taxi driver. You've got to fight at the hotel. You know, Another maybe great film, I, Taxi I, Driver. Yeah. Amazing <laughs> film. 
On the, um, on, but on, the on other the thing other. is, is like I'm slightly hey, disappointed. Hey, Tommy, I think Nick had a zinger there. I could sense Sorry, it. Sorry, no, 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 he's very slow. No, 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 he's very slow. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, all, no. Always go with the guy that says "laugh yourself silly" on his own T-shirt. Yeah, no, that's a great <laughs> idea. Nick is wearing a shirt that says "laugh yourself silly." For this is from the watching. 2011 New Zealand Comedy Festival. So. Um, a shout out to um, that was the last time it was held. No, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> shout out to nine well. years ago. <laughs> um, so now this is going to be totally worth it. I, I think um, <laughs> that the fight, I, I was going to go the other way with the fight island. What if mm-hmm. it's the the opposite? Like, what if it's like, you know, fighting with your missus type situation? Like, oh, we've well, all been on that island. Silent, a silent treatment. <laughs> Passive aggressive island. Treatment. Yeah. <laughs> That should be another one. Note leaving island, yeah. <laughs> like a flatmate scenario. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's there's different fight islands that they can uh, go up to, but I think yeah, fight island's great. But also fighting's hard enough. But imagine doing it with sand and your bloody shorts. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> gonna be oh. Well, that be... was my point. My point is this: like this whole fight island thing. I thought I got really excited when they said fight island, and then like it might be in like the like middle of the Galapagos or something with like panthers and shit just walking around. <laughs> But okay, I mean, what, it's, what, what, what? it's literally a five geography. minute drive over a bridge to an island that you can see from the mainland of Abu Dhabi. Like, are you. What? That's. Okay. Were you thinking it was going to be Panthers like Castaway? In the Galapagos? Yeah. I don't know what lives in the Galapagos, but some like dangerous shit. Like, well, they have to fight for humans tortoises, as well as yeah. gigantic cats. Like, that would be yeah, awesome. Yeah, there might be. Hey, can you tell your Abu Dhabi joke, please? <laughs> Tell them, mate. <laughs> no, well, it's okay. going to be the strongest thing on this podcast. Tell your Abu Dhabi joke. Well, hey, strap yourself in, boys. Listen to this. One. <laughs> okay. There's this a, a ban on certain TV shows in Saudi Arabia. Like, so in Saudi Arabia, they uh, they don't show the Flintstones, but Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I think we just found the promo. <laughs> um, Nick's, we, look, Nick's audio has dropped out. You, He's laughing. Hey, forget can, it. Hear it. Hey, can we wrap this up, guys? Can we? Uh, can we get cracking? Uh, <laughs> I've got somewhere to be. I you don't want to spend the last hours leather. of my life. Here. Yeah. Um, okay. I thought so, you were going to do something about the Taliban or something like that. But no. Oh no, yeah, because that's really funny, Nick. Because yeah. that's really funny. Well, yeah. Nick, hold that thought because I have an interesting fact about that a little bit later on. Mm, but okay. everything goes around, comes around. Very good. Sure. Oh, this is a little okay. little, little teaser there. Um, sure. Okay, so if you are thoroughly confused as to what this week's topic is, we are doing weird or odd sporting venues. Yes, that have that have uh, happened. Yeah, <laughs> where, where sporting <laughs> events have taken place. Strange sporting events mm. uh, venues. Oh God, I can't get it out. All right, Barney, I'll lead us off. Um, get the shine off that ball, mate. Now. This is what I was thinking. I I do love the Middle East for this. And this is Abu Dhabi um, for Fight Island makes sense because they do love an odd location for a sporting event. In particular, their tennis. They uh, they love an odd place to put a tennis court. 2011, uh, this is just my honourable mention, guys. 2011, Rafael Nadal and uh, uh, Roger Federer had a hit on a platform that was floating in the Gulf of Doha. Oh, wow. Uh, there uh, in Qatar. Um, not really. You picture it like, you know, they were just on a raft. Like I think they've done the same thing in Sydney Harbour. This one, there was actually water lapping over the top. So I'm not sure why. How did the balls bounce? It didn't. I don't think it was an officially <laughs> sanctioned match, to be honest. I think it was oh. more of a promotion um, oh. <laughs> to promote they, the event. But yeah. volley ga- their volley games were strong. Yeah. It was just, it yeah. was serving volley. Yeah. <laughs> Well, the other thing is the platform, like, I don't know if you've been like on a, it's, 
it was the platform was no bigger Moving. than an actual tennis court, so it's just oh. sort of floating. So if you like, if one was at the net and the other went back to the baseline, there's a real <laughs> chance of capsizing <laughs> the whole thing here. Oh. Um, very dangerous. Uh, they, but that's not the only one. Now, 2005, you remember the publicity stunt? Roger Federer and Andre Agassi had a hit on the helipad of the bar, uh, Burj Al Arab, uh, which is the everyone remembers that from the Mission Impossible movie. Oh that, yes, the seven star. Um, it's a beautiful hotel. Can I oh, yeah. so how high, What's the presidential suite like, like Tommy? Oh, the presidential suite. It's, it's so good. You walk in and you pretty much can get lost in the spa bath. Um, and then you walk into your bedroom and they do like those towel swans. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's really lovely. <laughs> can I just say on Mission Impossible, mm-hmm. a film franchise where the films are getting better. Yeah. Mission agreed. Impossible 6 was outstanding. Mm. <laughs> okay, anyway, so, sorry. There we go. Oh, we can talk about sport or movie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. We're still gonna do sport. Oh. <laughs> do you buy, does that make what? you go up a does that make you go up a level, James, in Scientology because you've said that? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I and been operating Fleeton before yeah, you know yes. it. Yeah. They told me the secrets of the aliens. <laughs> they dropped in yeah, the James's volcanoes. James's Bitcoin just went through the roof. <laughs> don't don't listen to them, Tom. <laughs> uh, my, um, my, my, what I'm excited about though yeah. is what's uh, potentially coming up in the tennis in the UAE, Dubai. Um, so in 2018, a Polish architect announced designs for a proposed underwater tennis stadium. Perfect. Um, initial designs included seven arenas um, with a carbon glass uh, glazed dome over the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, <clears throat> located in the uh, in the seabed in a reef off the coast of Dubai, just near the Burj Al Arab. Um, so basically, aquarium style. So you have the fish wow. and everything swimming over the top yeah. while the, the tennis is going on underneath. Um, there, there have been some criticism. There, there was an, uh, a uh, woman from the um, I forget the English uh, architecture. Uh, the E A yeah. G- yeah, official architecture group. She mm. pointed out that yeah. yes, there's a lot of shipping in that area, and oh. if a big ship needs to drop its anchor, you don't want that hitting your carbon fibre dome. dome. Yeah. Um, but well, mm. it look, look great for uh, for the tennis spectators. Oh, look what's coming towards us. Um, so yeah, look for that coming in the next few years. Apparently, uh, he's in serious talks with backers. The last I uh, where, last time. Where, where do the audience sit with that? Like, in, do in they chairs they around the court? In, so like it's all inside the dome. They're it's all inside the dome. It'd be good if you uh, were in so um, not. scuba gear and you yeah. can yeah. Sort of make your way around the court and just see whatever you want. I love how in a time of like reef bleaching and like killing aquatic animals, yeah. we're just about to build an underground tennis centre right next to a reef. That sounds yeah. like a great idea. Oh, yeah. sorry, no, Tom. Tony, wow. Thanks for bringing right. everything down, mate. Thank you. That's great. Greta I'd Thunberg imagine. for joining the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's and will great. they treat it like they do at many aquariums where it's like $100 to go in once, but it's $104 for a yearly pass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sick. I know you, your family and my family tried to go to the aquarium one week. It didn't work oh, out because every did. man and his dog was there. At the moment, aquarium reopened on the weekend, took my son yep. there for his birthday. They are mm. doing – got to book in – and it must be only four or five families at a time. I might have made that up. But we had the 10 o'clock booking. We went into one of the underwater corridors. We had the dugong to ourselves. 
Not another soul. You know when you go through the aquarium, yeah. you know what? That's not a phrase I've heard enough either. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just, it was the weirdest yeah. thing ever because normally you cannot move in that aquarium. Normally you've got to share a dugong. Yeah, well, yeah. And so all of a sudden I'm like, we've got the dugong to ourselves. And I like he was looking right. I swear. Can you stop talking like the dugong's like a meal? Like, <laughs> I swear to God. Oh, I had a I dugong to finish myself. a whole one. Mate, and I was then we shared a manta ray. He was looking at me and he was, it was like well, he was talking. You know the old story though about dugongs is that they used to actually think um, they were mermaids know, because of yeah. their female shape. So were you tempted there? Well, if my wife and child weren't there, I may have put a bit of a move on. <laughs> James is holding up his mobile number to the to the yeah, Beautiful animal. Anyway, so, yeah, get to the aquarium at the moment because it's you, you've got everything to yourself. Yes. Everything wow. to yourself. Um, but, my... but not the dugong because that's James's. Yeah, stay away. <laughs> my damn dugong. Anyway. Um, now, back to – so that's my little oh, shout-out. Right. That's my little <laughs> shout-out. Doing my best to derail it today. Keep going. <laughs> to the Middle East and their, uh, and their uh, crazy sporting locations. Um, but I want to go uh, want to go to New York City. New York City every year. So did Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> so soon. Maybe when you so get soon. maybe when you get there, you can go to this, Tommy. Uh, the tournament. Just of- to explain that joke, Tom was about eight days away from going to New York when the world ended. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight days. Yeah. You'd, you'd paid your first month and your last month of rent on a nice little six-bedroom apartment in the, in Soho. <laughs> yeah. And the loft. Yeah, with and loft. like I also had prepaid all the staff, so it's just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are you still paying them? What happened to those staff? Yeah. Huh? What happened to the staff? Are they still getting uh, paid? They're somewhere in Central Park. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, maybe they're uh, they're hanging out. See, when you get back there, Tommy, I want you to see if you can go along to the Tournament of Champions. Uh, the Tournament of Champions, obviously, as I mean, as the name uh, would uh, suggest, is a professional squash tournament. That's held. Yes, that exists. A professional I feel like squash. they've given that name to themselves. It was renamed, me, uh, actually. I think yeah. it used to be called the Professional Championship, and now they're yeah. all part-timers. They had to do something else. <laughs> I love how in that name, uh, Tournament of Champions, they just completely brush over the fact that it's a sport that hardly anybody watches um, and that they've sort of they've just said that the taunt, it could be anything. So you're going to get a crowd because they all think they're going to be seeing champions, not squash players. So yeah, tell me, tell me. Yes. They're, they're even further ahead than that because every year for the past 23 years, where they hold their tournament of champions is they construct a glass walled squash court in Grand Central Station. Oh, wow. Oh. So Grand so Central Station. Yeah. 200,000 people just pass through their commuting. And oh. they can just stop. That's the only way they can squash. get a crowd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. from, from the website. This is from the tournament's website. Hundreds of thousands of passers-by will have the chance to witness the sport at its highest level on their commute through Grand Central. Oh, there's very understanding oh. people in New York as well on their commute. Like oh, the fact yeah. they stick a squash court in the right. way, mm. they'll be fine yeah. with that. Oh, God. Can you imagine missing your train because some lemonade sandwich (laughs) is playing squash in the middle of the station? I know. You're having having me on. That makes me angry. Because obviously squash is just a front for swingers. We've already discussed this. (laughs) So do they then just on the court in front of everybody? It's just a big meet-up, I think. (laughs) Right. So this is getting more swingers involved. Yeah. 200,000 extra people. Let's keep it central. Yeah. (laughs) 
And I've uh, heard though that when you're coming home from work, the late night session is a little bit more exciting. That's <laughs> yeah. what I've heard. The return journey is where it really kicks off. Let's <laughs> just say the balls are a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they actually do magic tricks where the squash ball disappears. Apparently, it's amazing. Yeah, oh, that was a, that was a little it. bit too far. Tommy, because Nick nailed it with the hard balls, and then now you're placing the ball somewhere we don't need that. It's, yeah. It has been a boon for Grand Central Station, though, because um, cause the players have to put the 20 cents in for the lights. It's helped pays the electricity. Yeah, right. The rest yeah, of the right. Half an hour so, worth of lights. So did they get an increase or a decrease in people using the train when that happened? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe people just avoid Grand Central for a bit. <laughs> Um, yeah. the, the prize money, though, it's serious yes, prize money. Of course if it you is. win, um, an Australian won, I believe, back in 2005, whose name I um, didn't commit to memory because he's a squash player. But um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I, know. I, I meant to write it down, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, you um, get 165 grand. Um, but apparently, geez. that's just it's just put on your metro card, which is uh, like yeah, that's yeah, that's the downfall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just top it up. That's not bad. <laughs> Still a win. All right, very good, Barney. That's your squash uh, tournament of champions, Grand Central Station. Yeah. That is, uh, you've got, you've jumped out to check it, it out there. next January, Tommy. When very you're good. over there, yeah. When yeah, no, absolutely. I'll make sure that I, uh, yeah, that I get a driver that day. <laughs> uh, All right, Tommy, you're next, mate. I've got written here, Paleo horse. Is that to do yeah, with their diet? Yeah, I'm going to talk. I'm, I'm, no, I'm just going to talk about Pete Evans, uh, Paleo Pete. It's a uh, his new cookbook. Um, and that guy and you're eating it. horse. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, it, apparently it's really good for digestion. Uh, throw that with and a, feed a it to your of foraged infants. mushrooms and we're is, having a field day. Um, is, be, is Paleo Pete better than Keto Ken? <laughs> uh, Paleo Pete is on, on a one-way ticket to Crazy Town. But um, yeah. that's a He's a Kiwi, isn't he, I think? Is he? That Probably. explains it. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, guys, I'm talking about the Paleo de Siena. Hey, how do you like that? Oh, you want a bit of, beautiful. You want a slice of margarita? What, um, what the hell is it, Tommy? Yeah, it is a around? horse race uh, that ta- that takes uh, happens twice a year uh, on the second of July and the sixteenth of August um, in the in the uh, town centre in Siena in Italy in, in Tuscany, um, and they uh, they race that all the churches the the seventeen suburbs of Siena uh, they're called the Contendas. They have a um, well, contenders. <laughs> no, that's actually no. It stomach. sounds like that, but it's a, oh no, contrada. Sorry, uh, the they're all contend- but they're all contenders. Um, yes, the contenders but, and the contradas. Yes, you just got it confusing. <laughs> so Siena's broken up into seventeen contradas, which is like see, the see. seventeen the seventeen churches essentially uh, that are in the, the uh, parishes. The parishes and each uh, each uh, <laughs> contrada is represented by a te- like a like an emblem or a or a badge, and some of them are amazing. There's like there's the bruco, which is the caterpillar. Uh, there's the chikiola, which is the snail, oh, um, and one for you, James, the oka, which is the goose. It's kind of but so do I they have to raise the garden bugs? We need an <laughs> emblem. Hey, what's that on the leaf? <laughs> There's a so, giraffe. I don't think there's ever been a giraffe in Italy, but there's a team called Giraffa. Um, and does that what they is that the way they have the race like? Like, what's the significance of these? Yeah, the jockey has to sit on those animals, and uh, <laughs> the, That's what they're racing. And I think it's no surprise that the chicolas, the snails, have never won. Uh, <laughs> the unicorns, they never. 
fun. They never get a ride. They're always a late scratching. Um, <laughs> um, the she-wolf. Uh, they're not bad either. The she-wolf? Yeah, there's the, the team called Lupa. Uh, they're called the She-Wolf. I mean, wow. there's I always... Think, I think Ricky Martin had the, a song the, about that. The Nichio and their seashells. Um, there's seashells. Someone should, tell, someone should tell them they don't actually move ever. So, uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting race. Um, but, yeah, 17 horses and they they go the day... Uh, two, uh, four, sorry, four days before they go into the town centre and all the representatives of that contrada with the jockey go in and they do a horse lottery. And they, there is every year that, that what they do is they have the 17 horses, but one's amazing. And then the last horse is like pretty much a donkey. Wow. And they, they then grade the on past winners that how many times your name appears in like It's like the NBA lottery. And obviously the crappier, the crappier contratas tend to get the better horses. And they, it, it's just, it does, the pageantry is amazing. They all dress up in like medieval attire. They're always about the pageantry. Yeah, I'm all about yeah, the pomp and pageantry. Be honest, mate. In Tuscany, how far is this from your family's Tuscan uh, estate? Miller. Uh, you can't hear it, thank God, because the hooting and the hollering just really. I yeah. mean, you can have you can have as many super Tuscans as you want, and you'll still be able to hear it. Yeah, um, so you can still have your own tomato <laughs> festival in your own house. And, no, uh, so... yeah, the Pomodoro <laughs> festival is amazing. Is there a long... beer called a super Tuscan? <laughs> no, they're not. They're not beer. It's, that's a red one. Um, oh, you, sorry, super how, Tuscan. How about you? How about you? Gonna learn something. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, you can't get them at BWS, mate. <laughs> um, but guys, which in Italy is a beer, wine, a spirit, eh? <laughs> but yeah, so uh, the build-up to this is amazing. That every, the night before the race, they have a massive feast in each of the contradas. Um, they take the horse into the local church and they bless the horse and the jockey. Um, and then the day of the race, they all make their way into the town center, and there's like there's like fifty thousand people cramped into this town, uh, the square the piazza and then they lay down like a like a dirt track and the race is three laps around the um the the piazza and oh, you're tell allowed me to they d- drag the chariot like you know ben hur style no there's no chariots involved um but there's there's a lot of like people throwing flags and like flamethrowers yeah. and <laughs> and all of that sort of stuff and they're all dressed up like court jesters they're all in like their contrada silks walking out mm. but the <laughs> The best thing that I've heard, the best thing that I heard, was that that before the race starts, oh, the jockeys have to ride bareback as well. It's all bareback. Tommy, oh. Tommy, this just sounds very, very Italian of them. <laughs> oh, Tommy, this just sounds very much like the uh, rugby league nines. <laughs> yeah, it does. it's exactly the same. Yeah. They're all bareback. Um, <laughs> they do their best work bareback. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, they they're all in the town, and then the jockeys get on the horses, and they're they're circling around the start line. And you're allowed to ba- you're allowed to bargain with other jockeys, being like, "Let me in through the inside." And then there's like exchanging of cash on the start line. Of course, there uh, this mates. is the most Italian thing I've heard of. It's, yeah, it's insane. And watching the vision of it is absolutely insane. And they're like bartering with each other. They've all got a whip, but you're only allowed to whip the horse with um in the last furlong, in the last sort of the halfway through the last lap. And if you wow. don't, then you get taken off your horse. And back in the day, they used to whip the jockeys yeah. if they broke any of the rules. Um, but this race is just insanity. Like it only lasts about 90 seconds, but watching 17 horses at full pelt cut around this tiny track yeah. is, is pretty incredible. Now, Tommy, correct um, me if I'm wrong, but this is the race where, because 
in year five, when I was doing Italian with Signora Toya, mm-hmm. St. Augustine's, Brookvale, and um, excelling, obviously, yeah. mm. um, she showed us a bit of the paleo on tape. Mm. And yes. I believe in this race, it's worse to come second than it is to come last. Because Absolutely. If, if you come second, you've disgraced your church and they, you know, like good Christians, they rip you off the horse and basically beat you with an inch of your life, right? They kick the absolute shit out of you. Uh, uh, like that, it, it's insane. Like there was in the last in the last one in 2019, um, the the Looper were winning and they hadn't won a, a paleo in in uh, 68 years. The the She Wolves were winning. Oh, plus. Um, and then in the home straight, the old uh, the old giraffe, the giraffes, <laughs> they just came through the inside and by one, by one, it, yeah. one <laughs> by the bob of the head. It was a bloody bob of the head, mate. And and yeah, it was just they ripped the jockey off yeah. the um the she wolf, uh, and they beat the crap out of him. Sounds like, like the nines they again. Just, uh, well, because I, I remember Senora Toya couldn't turn off the television, and there's all these twelve year olds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no, I can't turn it off. How do I turn yeah. it off? And you we... know what? He didn't do his homework. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we were scarred know, the, by it. The, the, the thing that they, 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 the thing that they ride, they play for or they ride for is this, is, is called the paleo, which is, is essentially a silk rag. It is like a silk rag that gets erected. <laughs> I never thought I'd have silk rag and erected in the same sentence. Mm. Um, silk rag erected up nice. in their in their Love contrada, but mm. the the person the the winning jockey gets paraded around on the shoulders around the whole of Siena, and it, it, they they become superstars overnight. Like that is, wow. but watching these watching is- these like old Italian dudes sitting on the sideline who have been like, I remember when the snails won their first one. I was like two, yeah. and they've just. The, it's just the the like the patriotism is just insane. So when they get carried around on their shoulders, are they then if they're wanting to get to hurry that up a little bit, are they allowed to whip the people? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, no, and the whips, they, the whips, and are yeah, they still the bareback? Are in hand. <laughs> they are bareback. Or have they put pants on. Don't let me say it again. They do their best work bareback. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just an incredible, incredible sort of wonderful. Um, yeah. so, and the betting, the illegal. You're not actually allowed to bet on it. Mm. Um, but the the money that exchanges hands, they reckon, is upwards of a million euro oh, per per paleo. Like just the people just betting with each other, and they. I love how they don't want to put bets up, but at the horse lottery on yeah. the wall is a whole bunch of odds. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so you but, say, Tommy, that they do it twice, but it's pretty quick succession. So it's like yes. July and August. So There's what no... they do, the second of July is named Palio da Pro. Uh, Proenzenza, which is in honor of <laughs> your Madonna. Italian is amazing. It's, a, is... it's 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 in relation to the the Madonna of Provenzenza, yeah. and then the one on the sixteenth of August is the Assumption of Mary. So <laughs> del Sutta a Maria. Yeah. So they just yeah. what assume that she would really like this. Oh, they just want to get on the <laughs> sauce. Have, they just want to get on the sauce and have a I few. Think the Assumption and, and... of Mary is something slightly different. Nick. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't even know what that means, but it's, it's sounds... when it's when Mary ascended into heaven, body and soul. She's the only one that she. Yeah, um... so they're having like blood of Christ and body and stuff. They're all they're getting stuck into yeah. the carbs. They're loving Sweet. it. Um, but yeah, that's mine. But, the the paleo hey, de Siena. Very very good, mate. You're mm, always bringing your A game to this podcast. Mm, Thanks, okay. mate. Just the years we worked with you when you were hopeless. 
And mm. we was it five years and you let us down every week. Your, your folks don't yeah. have YouTube at your place, Tommy. That's... <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, no, I just, everything gets played out live in front of me. Uh, it's just like going to <laughs> yeah. the theatre. I used to sit at work on YouTube. Every time we go over to see if he was working, he'd be on YouTube. Mm. I've got to uh, say, though, very uh, very quickly, though, that Tommy's Fine Arts podcast is actually top-notch as well. Is it good? Mm. Have you heard it? Yeah, crush it yeah. and brush it. I mean, <laughs> so. you should have you should have seen, tuned into, if you tuned into the last episode of Crush It and Brush It, I actually... Um, I, I taught everybody how to effectively get the uh, old paint off your off your brushes. Uh, yeah. It's it's a it pretty great. pretty intense. So and you uh, hire like, someone uh, and uh, <laughs> you throw yeah, them in the bin, and then you get somebody to go and buy you new ones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I personally liked your one, Tommy, where you um, it's a big, it's like a budgeting one that you do, and you call it, you call it Show Me the Monet. Yeah, Show Me <laughs> yes. the Monet was uh, it was, it was a good one. Yeah, um, so yeah. many. So thanks for tuning in, Nick. That's a Amazing. Are you Thanks, podcasting man. every day now, Tom? Oh, you wouldn't believe it, what I'm doing. It's just my next one's all about essential oils. So um, tune in, yeah. All right, very yeah. good. Great. Oh, um, but just before we go, I actually did take a contrada and I've, 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 I've named one of the contradas I've given to each of you. So let me just quickly oh, run through the go. ones that I this thought. This won't be insulting um, at all. <laughs> uh, so uh, Barney, uh, you are the Onda, which is... The wave, the wave, Honda, O N D A. Yeah, I just couldn't think of any other funny ones for you. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, That's a good start. Start Nick, with Nick. Nick, you're the Savetta, which is the little wise owl. Um, yeah, and that was James, my nickname at school. <laughs> your is your istris, which is the crested porcupine. <laughs> Uh, I just saw because he had no hair. I thought that was funny. Oh, classic. I, he's a bit prickly. I, eh? Glass he's a houses, yeah, big guy. You're a prickly bastard. Glass houses. <laughs> Wasn't it in one of the other? I like the idea, Tommy, that you run this little event in your own house with the help with Consuela. Um, you know, when you go to bed and she, you say, I'd like to retire and you j- jump on her back and your horse, was, horse rides you. Yeah, no. And I've race. done time trials to see who takes you to bed the quickest. Um, and, uh, Three laps. To the bed. <laughs> and, uh, Lucio had a really strong maiden performance. Did he? So um, and I think I'll be taking him to the cup. And obviously bareback the whole yeah. time. Tommy, you're probably <laughs> bareback right now. Bareback. Yeah. You can't Mate, don't, make me to sta- don't get me to stand up. <laughs> All right. I'm sure that silk on. is yes. right enough. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, Nick. Jumped on no, the go. No, no, no. Right. No, no. My go. Now, we obviously, we're, we're talking about Fight Island um, for yeah. many places to hold events. I want to talk about basketball boat which um, took place in 2011. It was known as the Carrier Classic, which was a brilliant idea by um, college basketball in America to play their opening round of basketball on an aircraft carrier out in the middle of the ocean. So 2001, North Carolina Tar Heels took on the Michigan State Spartans, um, and it was on the USS Carl Vinson. Um, It was a big event. Good ship. Good ship, great ship, um, really Is good. Is that a galley. great name for a ship, though? I Carl feel like that's a really bad name yeah, for a yeah. ship. USS yeah. Carl Vincent. It's like it's like uh, USS like Nigel Godfrey or something like that. Oh, like no, that too... was that was in 2012. They played oh, on yeah. the Nigel Godfrey. <laughs> Carl. It's not just known as the Carl. You're on the Carl. You're on the Carl. Anyway, the Carl. Uh, yeah. it was done for a good reason. You know, uh, it was a bit, bit of a PR exercise for the military, but it was also a charity event to raise money for the Wounded Warrior Project. Great idea. 8,000 servicemen get to sit there. 2011, the president shows up with Michelle. They sit there. 
President Obama, they watched the game, a cracking game, 67-55. The um, North Carolina got home. Harrison Barnes, top score with 17 points. Tommy back then when he was in the college system. How one of the good. great warriors now at the Kings. Yeah, no, yeah. one of the great players, yeah. Barnsey. Yeah, Barnsey. He is. Yeah, Harry, one of the greats. Anyway, a <laughs> um, few interesting facts from that first tournament in 2011. Both teams wore camouflage uniforms. That's not great for spectators. <laughs> so also, no one you're saw on the ocean. Are they, playing or what? they just saw a ball magically yeah. go around the. But you're on the ocean. Yeah, what are you camouflaging? Well, I guess it's like... lots of greys, is it? Yeah, you'd have to. It'd have to be dark grey, light grey. Oh my god, uh, that guy's yeah. dressed as a fighter jet. I didn't see him. Like, how do you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the North Carolina Tar Heels are already wearing light blue. I mean, that's the color of the ocean, isn't it? They they should have just yeah. played in their normal strip. Uh, they're playing at night, Tommy. So. Black. Okay. Yeah. The the, yeah. Uh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. The ocean changes color and shit. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, instead of names on their back, they all just had the word, the letters USA, all written on their backs. What um, does that stand for? Um, I didn't look that up. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You got me. <laughs> you got me there. Your follow up question. Um, number two, interesting fact: all the coaching staff of the uh, Tar Heels wore cargo pants and army boots. But even more interesting, mm. had nothing to do with the with the military. That's just how they dress. I think just, that's big Avril Lavigne fans. Yeah. yeah, it's like it would have been the most confusing spectacle. Every, yeah. Everyone's wearing the yeah. exact same thing. Yeah, I know. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what, you, what year was this again? Two thousand eleven. Okay. And you're about to cool. find out why that's a significant year with my sure. interesting fact number four. Let's get to number right. three first. Mm. During the first half, the game was paused while sailors on board Carl Vinson, the boat, not the person, conducted the evening <laughs> retire of colours at sunset, which Beautiful. is as the sun sets, they obviously they pull, the bring, flag they down. pull the flag down. And so, mate. By taps? Yeah, taps, the, which is the song to lower the, the flag. End the day. Yeah. Taps might be even later than lowering the flag. Oh, right. Door, but okay. taps is the end of the day for them. But. You got a guy's about to do a layup, you know. Oh, hold on a sec, lowering of the flag. Like when you're at the Ari and you're about yes. to, you're about to, you know, sort of buy a, a schooner, and all of a sudden, no, nope, we're doing the yeah, exactly. goat. Everyone turns around, faces. Which for a basketball game, a very odd moment, but obviously very yeah. important. Now the last, here's fact number four. This is my favourite. The last big event Carl Vincent conducted the boat was um, Osama bin Laden's burial at sea. <laughs> Which a lot of people don't realise that, but Harrison Barnes actually was one side of the ship, big three-pointer off off the ship. Yeah. Yes, well, the, yeah. they described the the dumping as a swish. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, the ultimate swish. Yeah. yeah, which is <laughs> nothing but ocean. Yeah. Nothing but ocean. <laughs> um, yes, um, he, and they did it. And when they did it, they went for freedom. And uh, yeah. yeah, that's the only other bicycle terminology I know. Um, yeah, so. um, was that your um, Taliban reference, James? It was. There you go. Full circle. Yeah. There you um, go. Oh, so um, awesome. then number five, uh, one of the players, John Henson, after the game, uh, blamed mm. his low shooting percentage on the boat moving. So, yes, yes. That'll happen. I was going to say that. I've played basketball on a cruise ship. Once, As have I. And it's, yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's impossible because it's just like I might not be very good at basketball as well. But no, Nick, also... that wouldn't be it at all. <laughs> Nick, Nick's, the finish to Nick's sentence was it's impossible because the rings are really high. Really high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't even get it to the net. But <laughs> Yeah, so he, he reckons the boat was tipping side to side. Because the Did game was played outside. Um, yeah. Did they load up on quells? 
Well, well basically, they like sucked 12. on ice and looked at the horizon. Anybody, <laughs> anybody that it, got it? Yeah. Did they also all have to play with um, jumpers uh, draped over their shoulders? They did, and boat shoes. <laughs> and <their laughs> this is the first time basketball yeah. played with no socks on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they did. Oh, and they just cuffed their chinos delightfully. <laughs> Shoulder to the ankle. Anyway, very good. So the first one, huge success. Mm. Millions of people tuned in. Obviously, yeah. uh, big, big teams. One of them was number one in the country at the time. Mm. Presidents there massing. They think, okay, 2012, let's take this to the next level, make it bigger and better. Yeah. Four games in the Carrier Classic that next year to open the season. Two of them women's games, one of them, uh, two of them men's games. Uh, the women's games they managed to play, got results. The men's games had to be cancelled because of condensation on the court. So they got too slippery. Um, the court got. <laughs> Too wet on this, a boat out this is in where the you middle need deck of the ocean. <laughs> this is where the deck is. gumboots. Um, one of the players, Kenny Boynton, said, it was just tough around this time, the weather. I'm not sure what caused the water, but it was definitely tough. Kenny, you were in the middle of the ocean, you idiot. <laughs> what do you think was causing the water on yeah, the court? Oh, what could that be? Um, this is um, – they, they – rebranded it too after the success of Most Dangerous Catch. They played in the North Atlantic and it was called uh, Most Dangerous Swish and yeah. uh, <laughs> they yeah. lost three men. Oh, mate, I'm not surprised. Um, anyway, in 2013, Carrier, Carrier Classic was cancelled because they realised it was a bit of a dumb idea and it's much easier to invite the Navy to a basketball stadium. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love, how they've got the, I love how they've got people that literally all they want to do is get off a boat and get on the mainland and yeah, their idea yeah. of entertaining them is just keeping yeah. them prisoner but, on their boat. Yes. But the other thing is playing a, a proper game of college basketball outside, let alone on a boat. So all of a sudden yeah. these guys with pinpoint accuracy are now fighting wind. Oh, is, that's the thing. Yeah. Wind whips up on the ocean. I know. <laughs> like it's, it's and if there's a bit of a swell out there, you're screwed. Plus... Every f- when yep, the crowd no. start chanting, chanting defense, like yeah. force, defense, force. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets confusing. <laughs> and then, I mean, the second year during one of the games, the Chinese attacked. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> That's great. And every seven minutes you've got one of those fighter planes landing. It's just it's With ridiculous. the net? It's hard enough. Yeah, it's hard enough when you're playing street cricket. Car. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, plane. Fighter jet. Yeah. Anyway, amazing spot for a game of, I mean, a big scale game of basketball. Now, wow. Nick, um, yes. I, I hate to say it, but the three stories mm. told so far have been amazing. Mm. Um, do you want to do a fake ending now in case we just... In case Nick's is Nick's. no good? Yeah. Thanks for yeah. tuning in to the Professor and Barney podcast featuring yeah. Tom. Yeah. Okay, well, this okay. is... All right. <laughs> we, uh, to be honest, around. we should probably just end it there. Um, because cut around, Nick. I've got... Uh, I, no, I think I've got something to, to put into the mix here. Do so it. the right. the Umanek, oh, Greenland. That's very Kiwi crash talk. I'm talking this, himself up. Is this story yeah. either involving an all-black or an ex-New Zealand cricketer that you ran into somehow? <laughs> uh, no, but I will tell you about a New Zealand... A New Zealand person in it. Now that you've just reminded me, I wasn't going to. <laughs> no. I wasn't going to, but now. Oh God. Oh, okay. So listen. Like, let's let's get it out of the way first. So, golf's a great game, people. So Michael Campbell, um, great New Zealand golfer. Yes. Um, what did he, he win a British the, Open? 
he won the US Open. US Open, that's right. I, think, I can't remember the year, maybe 2002 or something like that. A um, few few years ago now. But he um, lived down the road from me in Titahi Bay and he played on my same <laughs> golf course. So I just like to think that I had a little bit of rub of the green on him, even though he was maybe 14, 15, maybe 20 years my elder. Um, but <laughs> um, but on the um, green. yeah. But in that same golf course, I was on track to be the next Michael Campbell. Um, I was very good at golf, um, but we didn't pay. We had to put um, what we did was we put gravel in the honesty box. I don't know if you guys had that in, in <laughs> yes. Australia. Green fees honesty box. Green yeah. fees honesty box, and you put gravel in the in the letter because that makes it like a, a thudding noise into the. <laughs> The, so it sounds the, like uh, hey, mailbox. His mistake like was play. putting his return address on the back of the envelope. So yeah, we shouldn't have put it. our phone number on there, but that's <laughs> fine. That's you know you live you learn. And um, so yeah, we would either do that or we would go on, would sneak on uh, on the third hole and uh, come off at the uh, the seventeenth. So we'd never play a complete round so we never got to like put in a card um so you oh, did you enjoy your 15 yeah just got out and played 15 today <laughs> <laughs> good round of 15 mate i could have been the greatest at 15 holes, oh, yeah but, so you should have seen me on the back bath. seven <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly um but the the good real golf joke. To... good job golf joke barney oh mate Sorry, Barney, I missed that one, but I'll I'll listen back. I mean, to the it's the back seven and a half if we're being if we're nitpicking. <laughs> oh, oh, no, I mean, <laughs> there's always a match. Oh, no. Always a match. <laughs> All right, sorry. The, Nick. Here we go. So this is the uh, this, the weird uh, location I want to talk about. It's the Umanak in Greenland. Now I hope I'm saying this right because it's spelt. Listen, if you had Scrabble and you had these letters, this is what you could spell: U U M M A N N A Q Umanak. Hmm. I'm going to go with Greenland. The small town of Umanak is about five. So if you think the Arctic Circle, that's quite north, right? That's mm. very north. <laughs> yeah. Now this that's one is... of its key features, Nick. <laughs> <It's> one, <yeah. laughs> Pretty much as north as one can go. <laughs> well, you would think that, but this, the Umanak town is 500 miles north of the Arctic Circle. So um, some would say that's south. But uh, I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, what's written down here? This is um, it's the home of it's... with what's written on Wikipedia. <laughs> Wikipedia knows its stuff. Listen, uh, it wouldn't be on here if I didn't copy and paste it correctly. So um, <laughs> this is the home of the World Ice Golf Championships. So it was first held in 1997. Um, and, uh, it's so basically it's golf on ice. So everything's still the same, um, except for greens and are called whites. Um, and it's just sheets of ice. It's one of the few courses where you want to aim for the water because you get about another 300 yards on your drive. <laughs> <laughs> Bounce um, off the water's insane. <laughs> oh yeah. It's fantastic. Um, hazards include seal dens, um, giant crevasses, <laughs> And players are taught how to spot frostbite before they tee off. Um, it's so cold that, like, you can first, when you start the first hole on the men's tee, by the third, you biologically can tee off at the women's tees. It's that cold. <laughs> It's, it's, you selected uh, this whole topic, the whole thing, that based joke. on that joke, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Um, so it starts each March climate permitting so it's a nine hole course so i wouldn't be any good at it because i'm only good over 15 um <laughs> but uh the nine hole course is laid out across a field of fjords and icebergs the players then face off against each other and um they play it um so they play it for 36 holes basically they play it 
um, uh, four times. So the only um, good math. Yeah, good. I really struggled with that, to be honest. <laughs> I like I like that you said climate permitting too. That's that's when you yeah. know it's serious because most places are oh, look weather permitting. This is oh, like climate. No, yeah. seriously, guys, you will die yes. if you do this at yeah. the wrong time. Well, because because the, basically it's negative. 50 degrees celsius temperature and they have periodic shifts in the course (laughs) so sometimes like a par three uh, that becomes a par four because yeah exactly because the ice point on the ice (laughs) ice just falls away bloody global warming there used to be there used to be a glacier there now this is a par five (laughs) i mean how hard is it for the caddy to to pick out the distance when it's falling away by the wayside and also as well you can may cross polar bears like there's actual incidents instances where polar bears are on the course and stuff um as i said before the the course changes every year because of the the shifting ice and all that kind of stuff um they play with orange balls um i would have said they were probably played with blue (laughs) (laughs) that was even for joke number two (laughs) cross that one off the list Um, what, why? Because their wives are mad at them for playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, their wife got frostbite on hole four. <laughs> oh god! Oh, um, you can't you, you can't use graphite clubs because the cold temperatures can actually snap them in half. Oh, and god. instead of playing in golf shirts and visors, they wear snow pants and jackets. Um, well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I love how they preface everybody that everybody else that plays golf in like normal conditions wears yeah. golf shirts and visors. Yes, it's like it's like <laughs> yeah. I couldn't possibly wear any other hat other than a visor. Yeah. Ever. Um, players <laughs> who were obviously good at this. I'm just trying to think. Maybe you guys could help me out. Like probably. Greg Norman wouldn't have been no good on this. Shark, no good on ice. Ah, very um, good. Well, there was, kind of stuff. I guess. The Robert bet- Allenby would have been really good on ice. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. 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 Uh, um, <laughs> the bear, Jack Nicholas. Uh, oh, yes. He wasn't the yes. golden bear, but. Uh, sorry, yeah. he wasn't the polar oh, bear. bear. He was the golden bear, yeah. 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 Change of climate. Uh, Jim Furick, because he's known yeah. as the seal. Mm. He's not. I just made that up. <laughs> Uh, Michael Campbell, just because he's the one I know. Yeah, uh, you would have loved it there. You would have loved it there, James. You could have had an intimate weekend away with the dugong. <laughs> oh, probably. Uh, so the dugong—that's a warm, warm water mammal. Mm. Oh, up there in the. Oh well, you know who's uh, speaking like a bloke sorry. who recently got to know a dugong. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. it might have come yeah. up. <laughs> I, just rem- I just remember me getting into the tank. It was very warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So Netflix and chill for that guy. Um, do you know who would be very good at this ice temperature golf? Would have been Frank Nobolo. Because if your knob's going to be low in any of this, <laughs> oh, one too many, Nick. One yeah. Too many. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of graphite shafts, yours just snapped um, on that swing. Yeah. See, we've got we've got, there's a interesting golf course. This just reminded me of this. Did you know the Nullarbor Links is a is, really is a thing? Yeah. So across the air highway, across the basically. You, drive across the Nullarbor Plains there it's about 1300 kilometers and as you drive you can stop play a hole and you fill in and it's, oh, wow. it's an 18 hole golf course that basically runs uh runs along that highway just to just to break up the trip that's great if you're a you're a trucker and you're out of speed or whatever and you just need something to keep okay. you awake all right so you wouldn't want to leave your putter cover on the on the 13th rugs 
Hey, <laughs> you wouldn't want to leave your putter cover on the thirteenth. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> go I left my lucky tee on the eighth. Yeah, <laughs> it's five hundred kilometres due east. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right. Well, well, Nick, was yeah. that you there, mate? Pretty much, they've Very got. Sta- they've actually like, if you actually go and do it, that you can actually sign up to it. You only have to have a handicap of thirty-six or below, so basically anyone. Oh, that's good. Um, and they've actually got statues um, of all the winners. Well, um, I say statues, but they're actually just frozen to death. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> and you're back. Way to close out, Nick. Well done. Right. <laughs> that is a boom tish to finish. Oh. All right, that's you, Nick. Yes. <laughs> Take a bow. All right. I'm literally that spent. Is the end of the Professor and Barney podcast featuring Tom and Nick. Um, just a reminder: we are available on Ko and Facebook as a vodcast. Also, our socials: Narrow World of Sports on Instagram and Facebook, or Narrow World OS on Twitter. Get on, leave us a review, five-star review if possible. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Make fun of Nick. Um, what else do I normally say at the end here? Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Is it just a, a fond farewell? Fond farewell. Remind people that Tommy's offered a free jar of his homemade pickles. That's right. Um, are we going to up the stakes? Are we going to throw in a loaf of sourdough, Tommy? Yeah, and what about a leather yeah. wallet? Yeah. Well... Uh, I mean, I'll, let's stop at the life of sourdough. I'm not. I'm not made of money. Okay. Um, <laughs> you are, mate. Your store, <laughs> the Glebe Markets, is doing very well. <laughs> All right, that was us. Hope you enjoyed it. We will see you again next week. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Farewell. Farewell.